Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's your guilty office pleasure? I don't even know what that means. What, what is the thing you enjoy doing at the office, reading, looking at? That's just like your guilty thing. I'll tell you mine. Okay. I put at least 20 tablespoons of the powdered creamer in my coffee, but like what? secretly when people aren't looking, because <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> like people will be reaching in the fridge anymore. for real milk, and I'm like, no, I'll go for the powdered creamer and a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Job Logs, a podcast that features candid conversations with young professionals about work, life, and everything in between. Hi, I'm Joy Marie. And I'm Courtney. And this is Job Logs. All right. So today we are really excited. We're speaking with a probation and parole officer that's based in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. Yana Brown. That's a really great interview that's coming up. Um, and also, just wanted to plug our minisodes. Hope you're loving them. Yes. We've been They're getting so cute. Yes. I love, I, I love them, too. And we've been getting a lot of really great feedback. Good. So if you guys like them, want to hear from us about different topics, be sure to send us a note. Also want to plug a free ebook I published on the website. It's so fierce. 43 questions that will transform your job interviews from drab too fab. So we are giving you a list of questions you can ask an interviewer towards the end mm-hmm. of an interview to really kind of change the whole tone of the interview from kind of transactional, maybe boring, yeah. to more animated and conversational. Yeah, and right? I've already had a friend tell me they used it on their interview. And oh, it really did they? Yes. Love it, love it. Yeah, some of you, are, you guys are printing it out for curriculum for schools. I what? love it. So you Come can on. find that for free at joblogs.com slash ebook. You can download your copy there all right so it's time to clock in again um this is the segment of the show where we just check in with each other see how we're doing professionally and personally yeah courtney what's going on with you it's midterms right yes (laughs) (laughs) how are you happening (laughs) i do not know actually i've been handling it pretty well okay so i mean I did, you know, and like an essay Friday night, and mm-hmm. I read Friday night, and I woke up and I did another essay. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's that, yeah, but it's manageable, so okay. that's good. But I mean, that's also required you saying no to a lot of things, right? Like just being able to be like, I can't make oh, it, yeah. or I won't be there yeah. for that. But luckily, that temperature is dipping <laughs> too, so it's like <laughs> indoor season. <laughs> like you have like, multiple reasons. I would have reasons. said no anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Now I can't just like be in the bed. I yeah. actually be doing work. So it's okay. it's okay though. Okay. It's okay. What about you? Um, a lot going on. So we're approaching Q four, end of year. Oh. I mean, we're in Q four, honestly. But you know, year end at work means like those year end performance conversations, looking back at the year, measuring how you did against like the goals that um we had set out at the beginning of the year. So there's a lot mm. of that happening, uh, which is always really great. Um 
And that's, I mean, that's another thing too. Like you're never really done working on your profile, your professional profile, your resume. Like there are always these checkpoints where you should be looking back and, and measuring how you're doing. So that's happening. Also, just like my company really promotes movement every 18 months or so. So nice. it's about time for me to start thinking about what I want to do next, what my next role is going to be. And so I'm kind of in that space. Reflecting. Yeah. And it's I, I don't know. What I, like, I think I want maybe like a global position, mm-hmm. um, U.S. based, but something with global and international yeah. experience where I'm working with international partners. So Perfect city for it. Putting that out into the universe, you know, <laughs> hopefully you guys can support me in that. Yes, definitely. Um, and it's my birthday Ooh. month. <laughs> my birthday's coming Go up this week. Week. Yeah, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what's going on with me. Good. Cool. Good. So let's get into the show. Dive in. All right. So rants, raves, and reviews, as you guys know, is a segment where we either rant about something we hate, rave about something we love, or review a product, service, or tool that's making our lives easier as young professionals. Court, what are you doing today? I'm raving, darling. Rave, rave raving. On. I kind of stole this from your life because you are the person who put me on to Soul Action. Oh, and they are my <laughs> which I stole rave. from Morgan's life. Oh, really? <laughs> I did. Well, okay. Well, if you don't know, Soul Action is a record label radio show and like this collective of DJs and music makers mm-hmm. people. And I love them so much. I follow them on SoundCloud. They're also on Apple Music, and they just make these really great. Music music of like old school stuff like new music i'm not really into and it's just like the perfect work music yeah i love it content Mm -hmm. because my life is content (laughs) (laughs) and just the importance of like djs in the digital space Mm -hmm. like there's curation is this big buzzword now Mm -hmm. and about like the importance of being able to find what's important to a community like that's great but i feel like djs like they take it to another level because they put together like the old and the new and just add this like emotional aspect yeah they do yeah so i just think like that work is so important so whether you're a dj of music or whatever your field is like think about how you can make something new mood mixer if you will (laughs) (laughs) so raving god bless the djs god bless selection love it i am raving slash reviewing okay mostly reviewing I'll, i'll do a review so for you old folks that are not up on Snapchat yet, mm-hmm. hop on over because You're I know <laughs> hop on, I am an addict. So I am, you know, an oversharer on Snapchat. I will admit it. Yes. But Snapchat used to have a bad rap. OK, it used to be the Scandalous. app for the kids, for the teens. They were sexting. So let me just preface this by saying it's for those of you who aren't familiar, Snapchat is an application where you can share short form videos, 10 second clips. Back in the day, you used to be able to and I think you still can't send them to a person privately. They would self-destruct. I don't know where they went. Mm -hmm. But because of that functionality, the kids were using it for less than professional things. Now, Snapchat has evolved and expanded their functionality to include some really cool features, including um, one that's kind of like if you think about like the Facebook timeline where you can share updates publicly Mm -hmm. on Snapchat, you can share a thread, a string of these short videos together to form a story with all of your friends. Mm -hmm. So what I do during the day is, you know, I'll wake up, 
I will put together a 10-second snap and then, you know, I'll say I'm getting up and then I'll head to work. I'll do another snap. And at the end of the day, this is what happened. And so I'm stringing along all of these small bites of my life and mm-hmm. putting them together as stories to share with my friends. So it's really kind of like a behind the scenes. And you can use filters. You can add text. You can draw on your snaps. All of that really creates an environment where there's a lot of customization and personalization that can happen. Mm -hmm. And so people have really taken the platform and made their videos and the content their own. So that's sort of the sharing aspect. Yeah. On top of that, a lot of brands are hopping onto Snapchat. So the Food Network is on there. BuzzFeed is on there. And they create um, very specialized content that helps you to engage with them on a deeper level. I'm not going to lie. I don't really dabble with that side of the Mm -hmm. thing. But what I really do love is what comes out of Snapchat's offices, and that is these really amazing curated videos from all over the world. So recently they did a a passport series featuring islands, and they took us to Iceland, Hawaii, Jamaica. And the Hawaii video actually got 3.8 million views, which is just, you know, again, an ode to just how viral and dynamic the platform is growing to become. So if Mm. you're a brand or business and you're not on Snapchat – hop to it because they are going places fast. Yeah, I think it works best as like a kind of intimate behind the scenes access. Yeah. Yeah, for whatever you do. Yeah. I I think my cousin, um, she's like into fashion. Mm -hmm. And so like she snapped like a fashion show that she did. And it was great because like I never, I don't see her doing the work. Like I see her talk about it, but I don't like see actually what she does. Right. So that was like great for me. Yep. Love it. Get on it. And you can follow Job Logs on Snapchat now. (laughs) At Job Logs. And we're back in the studio today with Yana Brown. Yana is a Philadelphia-based probation and parole officer. She's also a graduate of Temple University and a dear friend. Welcome, Yana. Hello. Hello. Glad to be here. Great today. Love it. Thank you. So, you know, the first kind of big pressing question in my mind is, is like, how did you get here? How did you end up working in probation and parole? Well, I've been working with the courts in Philadelphia for over 11 years, I want to say. Really? In what capacity? Well, I was working with a nonprofit previously, and we were working with all of the juvenile delinquents in Philadelphia. And I was working with probation for mm. the juvenile delinquents. Okay. So after a while, um, it I just thought to myself, okay, I need to do more. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to have do more with them. And I applied to be a probation officer. And I actually got accepted into adult probation. Wow. Which I actually was more interested in because I wanted a change. Okay. I was with the juveniles for so long. I said, you know what? Let's do a whole change here and go with the adults. They're <clears throat> more independent. And mm-hmm. let's see where this goes. I won't feel like I'm, quote, unquote, babysitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know? And it's more social work with the juveniles. Okay. So, Let's see how adults work. And here I am two years later, and I love it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, no, I mean, go ahead, Courtney. Oh, I just, I'm really interested to know, like, what's your day-to-day as, <laughs> in your position? Because we all have, like, our ideas from, yeah. like, you know, our interactions, family members, whatever. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Like, what is, like, your day-to-day work Okay. Like? So, for my day-to-day, I'm in a general division. <clears throat> I stay in the office. I don't, I'm not in any field work right now. However, my clients come in every day. I have about maybe 15 clients that may report each mm-hmm. day. 
And I have to make sure that, you know, they're doing everything according to their court orders and anything else that may arise, uh, any treatments that they may need to complete. And, of course, you know, paperwork involved. And, of course, it's always an interesting day. Give us an example. Oh, <laughs> like, what interesting, like? Interesting, like, someone comes in, they're having a bad day. <laughs> so, therefore, okay, I have to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, whatever's going on with them, what's supposed to be a five-minute office visit now turns into a 15-minute office visit. A therapy session, would you say? Yes. Yes. Somewhat. For for some. So that psychology background comes in handy. It does. Yeah, because you want to temple for uh, psychology, right? Yes. Now, with probation and parole, um, there is social, you know, there is social work involved. There is psychology involved. It's all wrapped around each other. Mm -hmm. However, psychology is very involved in it as the more I go with yeah, it, I yeah. realize because everyone has problems. Yeah. Everyone wants to talk. They come in, and sometimes I feel like me personally, I've been told by one of my clients that he said, "You know, you're just compassionate and you're understanding." And he says when he wants when he comes in, he just wants to talk. Yeah, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I have five other people <laughs> after you that has the same problems. They all yeah. want to talk. Yeah, and, but you know, it's so great sometimes. Right. Sometimes, you know, I just have to listen, you know, and I try to go above and beyond because, like I said, when you come out of jail or when you're about to go in, you know, you don't have much of a support system. Yeah. So for a lot of them, I am their only support system. Wow. Or just one of the few. So I want to rewind because you're using the word clients, which is so (laughs) amazing to me and admirable that you're showing that level of respect for essentially people who have been arrested or in jail, um, and you're bringing up that humanity and treating them in a, a respectful way. I think with a lot of the images we're seeing in the media these days, that's refreshing. Can you talk to us about how, you know, that level of professional professionalism um, that you approach your your clients with? Well, I think. Honestly, the correct term, yes, is offenders. However, with my client, I like to use clients Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, I'm human, you're human. The only reason why you're sitting on that side of the desk is because of the decision you made. Mm. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're a horrible person. Yeah. Because I could have been faced with the same situation. I just made a different decision. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at the end of the day... I'm not going to look at you as being different. Yeah. You're no different than me. I'm going to treat you the same way I would treat any one of my friends or family. Yeah. And it's up to you to respond with that. When I first meet a client, I set the tone. Mm -hmm. They come in, they automatically have a shield up. Mm. And that lack of respect is there. By the time my first office visit is done with them, they should feel a certain level of comfort. Mm Mm-hmm. As, hey, I'm not here to work against you. Yeah. I'm here to work with you. Yeah. So at least meet me halfway because no one's perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, coming out of the corrections and having to do all these things in your court order, that's hard. Imagine, you know, school or, you know, whatever it is, you have the syllabus here in front of you and you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do all this? Yeah. It's the same feeling. Mm. And they're in the worst position to do it because, you know, They may not have the money. Mm. They may not have the time because they're doing all these different treatments. They have children. Mm. You know, they have their own families. And then they're expected to do 
five other things in their court order. And if you don't do it, Hmm. you're back in jail. What kinds of things are constitute a court order? Like what kind of things would you need to save money for? You've been talking about court orders and treatments. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Drug treatment. You know, a lot of people, you know, they're under the influence and Mm -hmm. they have an addiction. Mm -hmm. So drug treatment is very big. You have... Uh, let's see, childhood care classes. You know, mm. some people, you know, they have children. However, you have men out here who don't know how to be fathers. You have mm. women out here who are struggling. So, you know, you have classes, you know, to help deal with, you know, child issues. Uh, you have mental health issues. Mm. And, you know, that's a whole separate department, yeah. you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that, you know, they have to complete in their court orders. And it can be very demanding and stressful. And one thing I was interested in, like mass incarceration is becoming like a bigger topic. I know like Vice has a documentary where President Obama visits a prison for the first time, which Mm -hmm. is the president's done that. The Atlantic did a big piece on like how incarceration is impacting Mm -hmm. the black family. Mm -hmm. And I was interested from your point of view, like working in a system that, you know, many people feel is so fundamentally flawed. Like, how do you, what's your role in that? Like, how do you do good in that role in, like, in these situations? Yeah. Like I said before, um, making progress in what I do is literally trying to have a good relationship with my clients. Mm. Like, this is a relationship. Mm. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. I have, you know, some of my clients, they've been with me since you know, I first got my caseload until now, two years later. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, I've had to violate them once or twice or maybe never. And they're still with me. And like I said, it's just like having a boyfriend, girlfriend or, you know, cousin, aunt. Like it's a relationship because you see them once a month, some of them twice a month. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like I said, if if I don't believe in them, then who else will? Yeah. yeah. So your your role in that really has been to focus on those individual relationships. Yes. When you go back to the office, though, the, the paperwork, the reporting and bringing that back to your team, what influence, if any, or impact do you feel that you have in influencing the way things are done or the processes that things are done with? I know it's only been two years, so. Motivation. Mm. We motivation and in fact, our entire department just went through this uh, big training about motivating um, our clients and a new way of Mm. dealing with them. Because, like I said, they feel like there's no way out. Mm. And when you like I said, when you've been in the system, you are now labeled in any and every way, shape or form. Mm. You feel like you can't get out. Mm. You know, once you have a felony on your record, you know, how are you supposed to get a job? Like you're just automatically labeled. And it's just hard to get out of it. So if I can provide you with any tools to, you know, help you at least get on your way, then I feel like I accomplished something. Like, if I could help you find at least a job, then some people don't realize that, you know, helping you find a job at the local supermarket, you know, how far that goes. Because now that gives you a little more, you know, motivation and ambition. Now, you know, you're on a set schedule. You don't yeah. have time to be on a corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, now you feel a little more responsible. Mm-hmm. So now, you, okay, well, let me take the kids this day and, you know, I'll deal with work the other days. Now mm-hmm. you're doing more progressive things. Yeah. Now, if something happens to interrupt that, that's when it all comes crashing down and we start back from zero. Right, right. So. Um, 
So, you know, just drawing some parallels here that might be applicable to the audience. You talked about your clients, really the difference being a bad decision or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a decision in general that put them in that position. What would you say to people that have made mistakes that they feel like they can't recover from? Like what hope is there and, and what advice would you give to people that, you know, maybe feel like they've done something that they can't come back from? I feel like everyone have been faced with a, with a situation where I, I'm, I got to take this to the grave or I'll never come back <laughs> mm-hmm. from this. Everyone has been faced with some kind of situation where you've literally had to make a decision that will make or break you. And I feel like you can get past it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're making a decision that, you know, your life is involved or someone else's life mm-hmm. is on the line, then that's a pretty big decision. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to, you know, for lack of better words, you know, man up, deal with it and try to move forward with it. Because that's the only way t- that's the only way to get past it is to yeah. keep moving forward. Yeah. Accept it. Deal with it. Whatever comes your way from it, whatever consequences. OK, take yeah. it step by step. Yeah. And I think consequences, I mean. That's something we don't talk about a lot, Mm -hmm. like even in professional settings. Like there are consequences both to good and And bad bad. actions. And accepting consequences as a part of our learning experience, I think, is is critical in progressing and and moving forward in our careers and with our trajectories. Absolutely. So you have or are in the process of um, applying to transition out of having your you know, your clients come to you, yes. right? And you're now attempting to actually go out into the field and go to them. Yes. Which would also have you be armed. Yes. So recent. Right? Strapped. Yes. Strapped. <laughs> Strapped and loaded. Recently, I was accepted into the high-risk program, and uh, I finished the training, got through it. And now I'm waiting to get placed in that department. Mm -hmm. And with that, yes, I will have my set amount of clients. They will come into the office. But now my job will be a little more demanding because I will be on the street. Mm -hmm. And, yes, I will be armed. So, yes, I will be, you know, somewhat involved Mm -hmm. in everything that, you know, you see on TV these days. (laughs) You know, hopefully in a positive manner, of course, you know. Well, talk to us about that, because you and I had a really interesting conversation about sort of the emotional and physical preparedness that needs to take place. You know, that weight of carrying, you know, a weapon. It's very emotional. Um, It's a very big responsibility that and I don't think a lot of people realize that Um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I have a family to go home to Mm -hmm. myself and being out on the streets and being armed. It's about making decisions. We're back to decisions and Mm -hmm. consequences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like what I need to do is I need to focus on what I was trained to do is focus on my training and my ethics Mm. because that will help me make my decisions because all your decisions are going to be made. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In split seconds. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's really what I'm here to train to do. Yeah. So I th- And I think that's the problem with what's going on in the media is that, you know, people are, may ha- may not be doing what they're trained to do. Right, right. That's the issue. And relying on, like, personal impulses. Right. And it's that. hard because, like you said, if my life is on the line, yeah. you know, it's hard. But at the end of the day, there are thousands of law enforcement officers that are out here doing what they're trained to do. And they like what they do. I don't know. I can't say, you know, per se, that it makes the decisions easier. Yeah. But now is, I feel like it's, I don't want to say the worst time to be in law enforcement. It's but a, it's, it's a hard time. It's hard because, yeah. you know it's like we're jaded right now yeah like, you know every everyone's against us and yeah. it's just like no yeah but i think it, i think it's also an opportunity for some much needed reform absolutely and like i said training is so important i mean right now i'm just coming into this mm-hmm. so i'm all about training but you have officers that you know have been working on the force or you know whatever department they've been in and you know i don't know when the last time they had a training or yeah. whatnot so it's yeah. like you know maybe we need some refresher courses yeah. <laughs> however you know or a course in bias and prejudice but true <laughs> but now those are personal yeah, things. yeah. you know what but, i mean but the personal so in that split second right when mm-hmm. you're faced with a time where you feel threatened and you know right. I'm using quotation marks mm-hmm. but whatever that's that's subjective right? right you feel threatened in that moment and now your personal bias is coming into play that's informing your actions right. how does training combat that you know because I, I think it's it's tough for a lot of us to understand mm-hmm. well for me um, personally I can't say for other mm-hmm. people but I can say that for me when my back is against the wall personal bias doesn't come into play for Mm. me personally it's fight or flight syndrome Mm. and it's my training Mm. so i can't see how you know personal biases come into play in that matter of split second because in that matter of split of a split second how is how am i going to get out of this situation yeah you know what i mean i don't have time for personal issues here i just have to look at it for what it is Mm. and make my decision based on what i'm trained to do Mm. Okay. Love it. Um, so tell us about the wildest experience you've had as a parole and probation officer. The wildest experience. Honestly, every day is pretty entertaining, I should say. <laughs> or I should say exciting. Just a matter of something happening. Mm-hmm. However, I have to say it may not be pretty wild, but I had a client who was waiting for me in the waiting room mm-hmm. and um, we thought he was having a drug overdose, which is automatically what you think because mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. So it's like, okay, here we go again. Another drug overdose, you know, call this person, call that person, get an ambulance. And I'm like, okay, well, <clears throat> you know, when he gets back from the hospital, we'll have him come back in. And when he came back in, no, not exactly was a drug overdose. He actually has a medical condition. Uh. And his medical condition was epilepsy. Mm. So with that, 
plus drugs, it's yeah. formula for destruction. Mm, yeah. So, you know, I could have, you know, judged him like, oh, he's having a drug overdose. Ah, you know. But no, he was actually just having, you know, a medical condition. Yeah. And it turned out really bad in the lobby. However, he's doing all right. Yeah. He's doing okay. Yeah. And, you know, move past it. Yeah. So mm. is that like a tension to him and to like stepping outside of what you might have thought was going on. Yes, because initially I did think it was an overdose. And um, I I thought to myself, like, really? Really? Here? I I got other clients. My other clients are here watching. (laughs) They're ready to go and talk to me. Yeah. And here you are. But no, he um, actually was having a medical condition and, you know, had to bring him back to court to, you know, actually try to help him get medical treatment. Mm. Yeah. Because a lot of our clients, or I should say a lot of people that are in their system, they need medical help Mm. and they're not it's hard for them to get medical help with addictions because you know insurance companies uh, i don't want to say they're (laughs) not right exactly (laughs) it's hard to have an addiction and use insurance yeah you get cut off so you know it's like how am i supposed to get help and you're cutting me off i shouldn't have to bring this person back to court yeah you know to get him help yeah and i'm worried for his safety because he may walk into traffic or pass out at any moment yeah again coming back to like a lot of the reform that i think needs to happen in this country yeah Yeah. i was really interested to hear about like what your self-care is because you talk a lot about like the stress of the job and then the individual connection that you have with all of your clients I'm sure that's taxing like when they stumble Mm -hmm. along in their Mm -hmm. process so how do you like keep like a kind of clear focus and it seems like you also have like an optimistic attitude too like so how do you maintain that I'm glad that you saw that because I do and honestly, that is the only way to get through day to day. I mean, you know, every day is not so, it's really not so dramatic. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, I've had my share of, you know, crime because I felt bad about, you know, violating this person or, you know, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But again, it's all about decisions. That is the most difficult part of my job is making decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, even though technically I may have to violate someone and send them back to court or take them into custody, but in reality with my clients, you know, the way I deal with you is that the ball is always in your court. Mm -hmm. So when you don't do what you need to do, just know that you know, you violated yourself. Yeah, you made that decision. I did, right, you made that decision. I did everything I could to prevent this. However, you made that decision. Yeah. So now, on my behalf, I have to do my job. And yeah. sometimes, you know, it's not what I want to do, but I have to do it. Not only for the safety of my client, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, but also for the safety of all the citizens. Yeah, yeah. So as a woman, as a beautiful black woman, <laughs> hailing from Jamaica, um, yes. how has that played a factor in how you're perceived by clients and just, you know, working towards getting that respect? Absolutely. Like I said, the moment I meet you for the first time, I have to set the tone. Because mm. if I don't set the tone, it's going to take a little while for mm. them for me to get that respect. Yeah. Because like I said, when they first walk in, you know, I'm pretty short. You know, I'm pretty <laughs> tiny. So they're looking at me like... I'm twice your age or right or they're sizing me up like what are you doing and I have to sit them down like listen (laughs) I've been doing this for a long time now and you know once the conversation gets going like I said by the end of the meeting I have that respect 
Would and, you advise professionals in various industries, right? Because right? that's something we all kind of deal with and come across, whether it's being a woman or being of a certain race or background or height or age or whatever the case is. Um, we all deal with some unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, would you recommend that as an approach to if you're feeling that or experiencing that, sitting down and establishing Well, I think that's going to happen whether you like it or not, honestly. You're always either going to be too small, too big, too pretty, not pretty enough. Mm. But in the kind of, you know, the kind of job I'm in, you know, I don't know what the average probation officer is supposed to look like. Mm. But however, I may not look like the average Mm -hmm. probation officer. But like I said, I am female Mm -hmm. and I am young. So, yes, I have to fight for that respect. Whereas, you know. A male who is seven foot tall doesn't have to fight for. Mm-hmm. But then again, when you walk in and you see that seven foot male, the guard that was up in front of me is now up to here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of a lose lose situation <laughs> when they walk in. Yeah. You know, no matter who you are, you just have to set the tone. And for me, I'm trying to set a comfortable a comfortable, comfortable yeah. you know, yeah. tone. Like, I don't want you to be afraid of me. Yeah. Because, like I said, I'm not here to work against you. Right. So, yes, I definitely have to fight for that respect more than others in my job Love when it. I first meet them. All right. I'm going to pause because I think we would wrap here, but I have one more question. You can let sure. me know if we should cut it or not. <laughs> okay, no problem. So... You know, there's a certain (laughs) Philadelphia-based rapper who may or may not have been beefing with Drake that is processed out of your office. And we don't have to go there. (laughs) You don't have to say anything. (laughs) But, no, it it made me think about with a lot of media attention, right, Mm -hmm. and a lot of scrutiny on on your roles and really the type of work that you're doing, do you ever feel pressured to operate a certain way or – no? Absolutely not. Because, like I said, I don't know about other people. I don't know about other law enforcement or, you know, other individuals that are doing my job as well. Mm -hmm. I can only speak for myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my unit's great. You know, we all operate the same way. And like I said, you know, I try not to judge. Mm Mm-hmm. If I don't know, you know, what's going on with your situation, you know, I try not to judge. Mm -hmm. However, I do know that with all the pressure of what's going on in Philadelphia or whether Mm -hmm. it's all across the United States with all of the police brutality going Mm on, I'm here to do my job Mm -hmm. that I was trained to do with a certain level of ethics. Mm. And there are a lot of law enforcement officers out here doing the same thing. Mm. So, you know, I just want to put it out there that, you know, we're not trying to work against you. Okay. That's Thank not you. what and we're here to sticking do. Sticking to your principles, right. sticking to your value, operating exactly. with integrity. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. And I like that too because, I mean, regardless of where you work, like you might not agree with like the system as a whole, mm-hmm. but it comes down to that individual effort. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can be that different. If I can make a difference, then that's all I need. Because like I said, when I, you know, initially told one of my clients that I will be moving at some point to a different unit, he actually asked like, oh, well, can I come with you to that uh-huh. unit too? Like, And I'm like, no, I don't think you want to be in that unit. And he just said to me, he said, you know, but I don't want to transfer, you know, to another officer. He's like, you don't understand, you know, you're understanding and you don't, you don't, 
you look you don't look at me different. Yeah. And I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. Making my clients feel like, you know, they're human yeah. and they're no different than me. I'm not looking at them or judging them. You know, I'm just here to try to help you. And yeah. if I can help one person, then I'm good cuz I know I can't save everyone. Mm. I love it. So. Leading by example. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Yana. I think this is a really yeah, enlightening a great discussion. conversation for me and for Courtney. So okay. happy to have had you in the studio. Where can we connect with you? I know you have a, a business, yes. a fun business. Tell us about <laughs> that. I actually just started my own event planning business. Oh, nice. Yes. And all thanks to, you know, Joy Marie motivating <laughs> me as well as my other friends. Uh, yes, but I just started my event planning business and I'm currently still in the startup process. Hopefully all that will be completed by the end of October. Yeah. Yes. Share so, the Instagram. Yes. The Instagram is at Elegant Conceptions. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So that's the name of my business, Elegant Conceptions. Nice. So when you have any time, go check it out. She does amazing baby showers <laughs> and bridal parties. I will have to come back because I always, I love like hearing about like that first year of launch. Like, yeah. You always have good oh, stories. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we were in the car this morning talking about it, like yeah. all the ups and downs. Yeah. 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 Love it. But yeah. it's exciting and I love it. Like I can, you know, do probation and parole nine to five. And I am Miss Wedding Planner, Baby yep. Shower Planner by night. Okay. I love it. Love that it. is yes, a balance. sitcom if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Jill of all trades. <laughs> Thank you. So it is time for my personal favorite part of the show. We're really excited about this. Yes, because this is where we get to hear from you. So this is Ask Job Logs, a segment where we address your questions about work, boss situations, tough life decisions, whatever. Hit us up. We want to hear from you. You can send your questions to us by visiting joblogs.com slash askjoblogs and submitting them there. Little PSA, if you submitted a question between around September 9th and September 10th or so, or October 10th, rather, we probably didn't get it. There was a weird mm. email thing. So just send it to us again. We promise we're not ignoring you. Yeah, we thought y'all were being shady. Shady. <laughs> <laughs> but it was us. Our bad. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to read... Um, a question that we got in the inbox. Hi, guys. I love the podcast. So amazing. Thank you. Um, let me jump into the question. So a few months ago, Joy Marie periscoped on the importance of landing an informational interview. After listening carefully and jotting down some notes, I was able to land one with a company that I wanted to get advice from and then later intern with. I got the job. Awesome. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. And am now an intern for the marketing and public relations department at my university. So essentially, she did get one job, but she's currently, she's going to be interning in public relations, but has a current job. So here's the dilemma. You're not allowed to have two jobs on campus. And I currently work for a housing for housing as a resident assistant for my mm -hmm. university. How do I let go of the job at housing and go to the one that's really aligned with my future and goals without being an inconvenience as far as finding someone else to take my job and shifts? Two people have already left the job and I know the struggle we went through to fill the empty spots and it doesn't help that my boss is easily irritated. Yeah. Thanks. Can't wait to hear back from you. So I'm not going to say your name. We're going to call you Jacqueline. <laughs> Jacqueline. Jacqueline. So Jacqueline's dilemma, she's got a job, just got a job offer for another mm -hmm. internship and doesn't know how to leave, basically. Okay. So 
I would say, first of all, congratulations yes. on landing Big the internship news. through an informational. This is yes. why I love informational interviews. Um, but two, like, I would always remove the personal sentiment out of the equation, Definitely. right? This is about, like you said, your career, your growth, and what you want to do in the future. Personal feelings really have very little to do with that. Right. That being said, people are petty and they exist. <laughs> so you do have to address them. Um, so it looks like you've already assessed that the new job is going to bring you closer to where you want to be professionally. Once you've done that audit, you know this is something that's important to you. The first thing I would recommend is to document everything. Mm. Make sure that you are putting in a formal resignation in writing. Yeah. Make sure you're also helping your current employer by being as um, thoughtful as possible. Give the full two weeks minimum. Offer to assist with a transition plan. Offer to write down and document any yeah. processes you currently do that could be useful for the next person. Go as far if you're comfortable as offering to send out referrals for your role yeah. to your network, offering to maybe train the new person if they're able to bring someone in before you leave. Yeah. I think those are all ways you can demonstrate that, yes, you are moving into a new role that aligns with your goals, but yes, you're also considerate right. about making sure your current company is, is poised to do well. Yeah. And I mean, I'd say if you're nervous about the conversation itself, to my advice is always, always just to be honest. Like mm. when you try and like word it this way mm -hmm. to account for like, no, that's yeah. when you get <laughs> into issues. Like just be honest and deliver it from a place of like positivity and like, yep. I'm going to do everything I can to make this helpful for you. Yes. Exactly. And if they're upset about it at a certain point, it's not even your business. That's, that's what it. I was just thinking. Like, Honestly, not everyone takes it well. Um, and honestly, like I would, I should do a fired of bosses that are not supportive when their employees yeah. go on to take different roles because really you going on to a different company, that connection is there. Like yeah. you're connected for life and they should be so happy that you're moving yes. upwards because that's going to come back. Like yeah. you always end up coming back and working with people that you used to work with and in the past. She works at a university. <laughs> Girl, right, also, girls, an internship. You'll be mad okay. about her getting something in her field, and you work at a university. Right. You give her that call map. Right. Because she needs to settle it down. Yep. All right. So good luck with the role and the transitioning. Let us know yes. how it goes. And if you guys have questions for us, be sure to hit us up. Again, that's jobbox.com slash askjobbox. I cannot wait to hear more of these questions. <laughs> All right, it's time for my fave, Hired <laughs> and Fired. It's our little weekly segment where we recognize excellence and uh, put the negative <laughs> stuff in its place in the fired bin. That's right. Yes, so today I am going to put the spotlight, the hired spotlight on one of my favorite, favorite writers, who is ta Coates. Mm. Um, if you're not familiar with him, he's an acclaimed writer for The Atlantic. Uh, he also just released um, a book, Between the World and Me, which is a bestseller. And he is a uh, grad. Well, no, he's not a graduate. Sorry, you're talking about <laughs> But he did go to <laughs> Howard University and he reps it accordingly. He's not a graduate. <laughs> no, I mean. And that's okay. Sometimes greatness, <laughs> like, you you can't wait. You're you right. Leave, you're so right. I respect that. 
Um, but he really continues to inspire me as a writer. I first started reading him just like his pieces for the Atlantic when mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to work um, <laughs> in my early days in New York. And I really followed his career. And I always love that he has this style that is very much steeped in like history. Mm-hmm. So when he's talking about current stuff, it's very much like deeply researched. Yeah. But also has this really poetic delivery. Yeah. And he's just like he has this niche that's so good. And I was reading his book, Between the World and Me, and I discovered that, like, that's not by accident. Like, this guy stayed in the library. Like, he talks about, like, how much he loves, like, researching and, like, finding different points in history. And it kind of clicked for me uh, when he said that because... Like, your quirks, like, the things that kind of make you weird mm-hmm. or, like, odd to other people, like, those are the things that really kind of separate you in your work. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm growing as a writer myself and, like, rethinking my approach yeah. to writing and how you differentiate yourself in your field is really linked to who you are as a person and embracing those quirks. Yeah. So, I love that. That's awesome. And I just heard a couple weeks ago that he's going to be writing the Black Panther comic book series, which doesn't make any sense because he's a scholarly <laughs> writer, but he's always loved comics. So yeah. I love that he's like shaping his career yeah. based on what he loves, yeah. not what you're supposed to do. Yeah, no, that is that's awesome. I have been carrying that book around for a couple I of know. weeks. I, I tend to carry books around. <laughs> I have <laughs> such a problem with finishing books lately, <laughs> but we'll talk about that another time. Dope. But yes. Ta-Nehisi Coast, you are hired on my board of directors. Hired. Can't wait to see what you do next. Welcome to the team. (laughs) It's time to clock out. Another episode down. Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, As always, you can find us around the web at joblogs.com. That's J-O-B-L-O-G-U-E-S.com. At Joblogs on Instagram, now Snapchat, yes. and Twitter. <laughs> nice. Courtney can be found at Cleve Out Loud, C L E V E Out Loud. Loud. Yes, on the Twitter, the Insta, the Snaps. Mm-hmm. And Joy is, hey, Miss Parker. <laughs> That's M I S S Parker with two R's. Yep. Also on the Twitter, Instagram, and the Snap. Don't forget to rate us and review us on the iTunes store. Those ratings really help. Thank you to all of you who have already. Um, also, special thanks to our producer and audio engineer, Adrian Wagner. Happy belated. Happy belated, Adrian. <laughs> Adrian tried to sneak his birthday past us. Not a chance. Um, also, thanks to our studio, Visionary Media, for supporting us and for Jimmy helping us out here in Manhattan. And most of all, thanks to you yes. for listening. Till next time. See ya. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.